How much money you got? That's what it is. You guys get these interviews for free. I need to get paid. Let's go. My man, congrats on the win. Thank you. Up next is... Good. I'm out. I'll say the Reddit post I saw first. It was a big picture of Islam and Volkanovski both holding their belts before the like their first like big hyped fight. Real take. It's the fighters that have to promote themselves leveraging the brand of the UFC. The casuals love a bad blood, outspoken fighters or trash talk. The UFC can't fake an altercation. Fighters have to promote themselves by being interesting to the masses. And underneath it says the original poster wasted real time to post this. That is the that is the Reddit opinion that that is a completely bollocks yes. nonsensical statement. And was like, what a waste of time. This guy's trolling. Everyone dismissed the shit out of it. Like, the UFC is the promotion. Dana White is a promoter. They're the ones that do the promoting. And also with the whole Charles Radke thing going on. The question is, whose responsibility is it? Do you think? And people at home, because some of you might disagree immediately. Do you think it's more on the, the promotion and the UFC to find a way and spend their money to promote these fighters to people? Or do you think ultimately... It has to be on the fighter to be either unique or outlandish or do something to promote themselves. You have to give the UFC sound bites. Like, what is happening here? You have a stage that the UFC pays for. They rent it out. They point their cameras at it. They put it on their YouTube channel. Every media company in the free world that wants to be there is there. People pay to be on those platforms. People pay just to get a logo on the mat and never say a single word. They're just happy to be a part of the visual part of things. When you have valuable time there to speak, you're not just speaking for you. You're not just speaking for the media so they can get clicks. You're doing it for you. It's like there is a huge part. I mean, it's like anybody who's been a really, really popular star, they're the ones that go through the paces with the media tours where they hop in a chair and they speak to like 12 different news stations all back to back. You have to be willing to do that on your end. Yes, the UFC is, uh, you know, at least equally as responsible. But I think this is my personal opinion. What the UFC is trying to do is amplify whatever it is of your character traits. Like Sean Strickland, I know he has the, the, the gift of the gab and whether he says the right things or not. But his championship reign lasted one fight. And I, I think he's made himself enough of a star where it doesn't matter. I think there, there was a feeling of Sean was never meant to be a champion. It felt like someone that was in a role that was not suited for it. But because of his personality and and the way he he he, he, uh, he exaggerates himself on camera, he has now made a name for himself, and people know exactly what they're going to get with Sean. Whereas if you if you make your appearance, I'm a professional guy, I'll answer the questions you give me, and then I'll fight, you're not going to be remembered in the same way, even if you achieve greatness. You wonder whether or not as well, though, it is the very fact that the UFC is so successful now, and they are owned by Endeavor, who's obviously this ginormous powerhouse Billions now, coupled, yeah, coupled with WWE. And back in the day where or MMA was at the right place at the right time during like the reality TV sort of phase, like MTV was on top of the world and it was this like the voice of a new generation. And the UFC was riding that wave really, really well. And they were they were all hustling to not just stay alive, but like to succeed as well, to to ride that wave, to make it, you know, the biggest it can be. You wonder whether or not UFC are now at that point where it's just like, oh well, we made it. We're worth 
billions and billions of dollars. We are now the UFC. Whereas back in the day, you would have Dana White and Joe Rogan turning up to a red carpet event, you know, for for MTV, or you'd have the ultimate knockouts, which was a separate TV show on Spike that just ran knockouts because they knew they needed to get that imagery out into the world. The growth during the Spike era of the UFC. Every, they, they, everyone was working hand in hand. So it was this, this struggle to survive and succeed was the thing that really pushed them forward. And you do wonder whether or not when fighters get to the UFC now, they go, right, I've done it. I've made it. All the hard work trying to push myself, getting my social media going, finding sponsors, is, is it's all come to this point where now I can sit back. I'm in the Premier League. I don't need to work as hard as this other stuff because I'm going into fighting a cage. I think the novelty has gone. I think that's a part of it because when it when it was first coming on the scene, it was like, oh, it's like this whole thing yeah. where they don't have to stop once they knock them down. The fight can continue and they combined all the martial arts. There's a very, very big novelty to that. And then you had those initial boom of stars and they retired and a lot of people left. I think that's a huge part of it as well, because a lot of them were boring by today's standards. I think it's gotten more outlandish now. Back then, you had, yeah, sure, but they, they, they were yeah, like very Tito worried and, about and, getting shut down. And, and Ken Shamrock was, you know, they lent into Ken Shamrock yeah. because he was like really well-known guy. That guy had like three fucking fights with Tito. Why? Because they wanted him to main event because he was a big WWF superstar. That's why. They were less like, they were definitely characters, but they were less overt uh, so it's like the huntington beach bad boy sure there, there was a lot of creation in that but tito was very much that bad boy he was very much that dude that was crazy cocky as hell he was actually that person whereas was chell really chell sonnen seven years after that in 2012 and it, well i guess it was more like 2010 yeah, and, and, but, but you wonder whether or not it's because of the sport has developed so wonderfully now where everyone can see that they can be a martial artist. Whereas back in the day, fighting in a cage really was only something that a certain person was interested in. But it's not But it's not like all those fighters were able to be successful. Like Chuck Liddell is, is someone from that period of time. And he he's a guy who's gone on the record saying, hey, all fighters... It is up to you to put on a performance to get people to watch you. Like, it's nothing to do with the UFC. It's on you. If you don't perform, you're not going to get to that level. And I know we always get this narrative that, like, the UFC push people, and they do. They give them, you know, favorable matchups. But, you know, when you're talking about he's been selected, I don't think the UFC necessarily selected him. I think he showed up and everyone in the world went, that guy's pretty interesting. Yeah. And the UFC were like, okay, let's promote that guy. I don't necessarily think... him in a way. Yeah, but, but I don't he, think he, he we it. picked him because he was interesting. I, I think that's yeah, happened a I, lot. I think the fans make the yeah. choice and the UFC responds to that. And I think that's true of any medium anywhere in the world. If you don't care, what advertising is going to make you care? Probably nothing. Because you're like, no, it's not the highest level. That That's what a lot of people will say. And there's a lot of mistruth to that, you know, mischaracterized type kind of things. Because, you know, in 2015, everybody that was champions in the UFC were all from Strikeforce and WEC the exact same time. So it's not necessarily true, but that marketing to an extent, that shows you where the UFC's marketing well, and, is and, good. And also as well, like it kind of 
the idea of the oh it's not the highest level of mixed martial arts it's just like the reality of it is i think there is like definitely a large portion of people who watch fighting for the high level of fights however i think there's a fucking ginormous pool of people that watch fighting because they want to see the personalities i mean there is a reason why influencer boxing became as big as it became and you now have jake paul who's transitioning into actual boxing it's because people just want to see celebrities fight as well and it's the same kind of element with like kimbo slice going through elite xc and strike force as well that fucking guy made millions of dollars despite the companies you know going under elite xc being managed poorly and strike force being acquired when Kimbo Slice fought prior to the loss against Seth Petrozelli, he was making so much fucking money because he looked the way he looked. And all he actually did was fight in a fucking back guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the gold teeth. You see the big fucking chain. You see the absolute mammoth of a man. And he, he knocked down what, what Tank Abbott and a bunch of guys who had no records. People flooded in to see him. I fight. think that's a perfect example we're talking about, though. This guy already had traits that were just magnified by everywhere it went. What does a promotion do? They will promote what it is that is interesting about you. And if you have a ton of interesting stuff, I mean, dude was a viral sensation. All they had to do is say, practically, we've got this guy. And for that whole period of him in the Elite XC, what did you have? You had Dana White going, no, nah, he sucks, he sucks, he sucks. And then what happened as soon as like Kimbo was a free agent? Oh, look, he's on our reality show on The Ultimate Fighter. The perfect example really is, is something like Power Slap because it's like, obviously some of us don't want to watch Power Slap for just the reason that it's Power Slap, but how much money have they put into promoting Power Slap? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. do any of us know any of the fighters from that? I mean, that's a perfect <laughs> example of throwing right. money at something and it doesn't matter Shops. how much you promote it. Yeah. No one's going to watch it. There are people who are going to disagree with this as an argument. We're obviously trying to break it down logically, but the UFC can't just chuck money at someone and promote them and expect everyone to watch them. Like, it has to be on the individual. It, 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 yeah. seem, it seems like at the end of the day, it comes down to the individual and you, not everyone is a star. And that's a fact. And that's okay. Legitimately true, yeah. That, that's okay. Like, you, you're not, you don't have to be, but maybe if you want the most success, you want the most value of your career while you're, while you're competing, which we know is a very short window, you have to be unique. You have to be different. You have to make us care about watching you. If you're just a martial artist and you're a decisionator and you're you're and you're you're winning the best way you can with least injury, getting the best performance for your career, that's going to take you a hell of a lot of fucking time before anyone cares. Something that people like. Are you doing something yeah. that yeah. people like? Obviously, if you're knocking the fuck out of people. People like that. And, and not, people and get not behind saying, that. That's the thing. If you're knocking the fuck out of people, not saying a word, you're all right. People will be like, yeah, yeah fuck, that's yeah. like a Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt or Fedor thing. Yeah, Fedor, but yeah. like, like this guy, his favorite fighter, Mike Perry, found his <laughs> lane now. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Perry has found his lane now. But before, he was kind of a middling kind of talent of, yeah. in the UFC. But people loved him because he was a fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> But like when he would show up, he would say and act weird and say weird things and scream in his opponent's face. Yeah. And it's like that gets put online because it's like, this is not normal. Yeah. Look at this guy. And it's like, so Mike Perry just by, and like again, probably just being himself. So if you don't have it in you, it's going to be very difficult to bring that out. What happened to nicknames in the sport? Back in the day, people were like, who's the who's the, the, the Iceman guy? It's like, what's happened to sort of the characterization? Trophy, yeah. Of the athlete, very WWE. Uh, you know, it, there's lots of posts. We have a poster on the wall out there where it's literally a cartoon, and they they've compared it to like 
a cartoon like fucking Superman. Superman yeah, or something we were talking like about that because the two guys in that cartoon are two of the least like marketable <laughs> fighters. Yeah, exactly. Ever. And it, not Lawler, it, but they it, don't it's, talk. Like. It, it's that that element of the characterization of athletes. I think has slipped off, and we're moving more towards no. These are professional athletes, and they not they shouldn't be presented as characters or. Or you know, Mortal Kombat guys in a game. I don't know though, man. I think they're more caricaturesque. Uh, yeah. uh, caricaturesque. I think Jay's right. I don't know that. what the word I'm looking for, they're, but they're more characters than they've ever been. Now, it's like just look at Sean O'Malley. <laughs> like, I, look, like, that, Col- look at Colby Covington and that, what he dressed uh, okay, up like. But yeah, is, yeah. That, is that is that is um, that monopolized? Uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, monetized enough though by the UFC to like to be fair, TNT Sports. They actually do a fucking good job of marketing um, their guys. Like the Habib, the Habib um, uh, cartoon that they did, running up the mountain. Holy shit! How many people watch that and cried but, their right, eyes? Well, but the fan. thing about this is, right, like Leon Edwards in the streets of, all, of Birmingham, growing up, you know, growing up, and you know, the Leon Edwards one, yeah. sure. All right, so you've given two examples there. The Habib one was great, and people loved it. Number one, Habib was already popular because of what he'd done, because of what he said True. in the cage. When you did the Leon Edwards one, it was great. How many people saw it? Not a few that people, is true. Yeah, yeah. We uh, remember that because uh, we work in video, uh, and so we we were we admired it. Yeah, we did. Uh, at the end of the day, a lot of people will say what you say, like, "Oh, they could do more trailers. They could do more deep." But dive they stuff. could, though. They could. They could spend millions doing that. Or you could be Sean Strickland and stand up at a press conference and instantly save millions R- by raise, just raise doing the that. by twenty five percent. After Sean Strickland stood up and did all his stuff, why didn't they go fucking visit him shoot at a shooting fucking ranch or sh- do like a, a, a cool kind this of trailer as well. of him? You know, there's loads of shit out Very there at true. the moment, which is like Sean Strickland and Nina uh, fan edits of them in Grand Theft Auto. If her relationship with the UFC is so good, why aren't they going, oh, this is the perfect opportunity. Let's go send them to do some sort of Grand Theft Auto crossover thing. The thing is, if they are a billion dollar company, why aren't they doing a little bit more fan service? They don't have to do it, but they could They do definitely it. could. And it could be fucking awesome because then you could go, hey, bro, I know you don't know Conor McGregor and I know you don't know Eddie Alvarez, but watch this fucking trailer of them walking to MSG and tell me you're not excited about that. But do you, you, know? do you remember, uh, obviously, they used to do all the head-to-head stuff, right? Like with John Jones, yeah. Cormier, all that stuff back in the day. Yeah. They did that little one a little while ago for the most two random fucking people ever. Yeah. They did, did Dominic Cruz and Chito Vera, like, like, why? But yeah. everyone fucking loved it. Yeah. And it was the most lazy piece of shit recording in a white room where they just had a really nice, pleasant conversation. But everyone fucking loved it still because it's like behind the scenes. It's like, oh my God, they've agreed to talk before they're yeah. fighting. How interesting. Or a trailer where Tyson Fury's dressed up as a cowboy and Usyk comes in yeah. as a pirate. Like, why are we not having that? But I just feel like even if you don't like these cinematic trailers, you still, you could be in a barber's and be like, oh, do you see that fucking Usyk Fury? That was, what was that about? That was crazy, isn't it? You know, Saudi Arabia going nuts with the production levels. But you're talking about it and everyone knows. And then no, the person next that. to you will overhear that. it. And then they'll go home and look it up. The Nganu one was a bit more subdued than that, but it was still cool. But this one is, like, insane. It's like a Marvel movie. But when it comes to, like, the fans, like, are people like, oh, I've got to see the Usyk fight? I think if you're Even not, though they're not the number yeah, one I guys think if you're not, if you're not, If you're not a fight fan. Mm-hmm. But Possibly, you, yeah. Yeah, if you're not a fight fan and you want to get a non-fight fan interested in why this fight is important, why it makes sense, why you would want to watch that with them, sending sending someone footage of a fight doesn't necessarily work because I have no fucking idea what I'm looking at. 
But when you set, can you can send a trailer that that it's almost like an encapsulating of who these people's lives are, and then you show the big knockouts at the end of it, and they're putting everything on the line. It's it's so much easier to get those non-fight fans interested in what you want to watch because it it it, it instills a, a level of entertainment in it to go. Oh, I like films. I like TV. This is like a film TV. But it just so happens to be. It's why people like you know like real, uh, true crime films. Why am I interested in watching this film just because it's based on a true story? What? Why? Why does it matter? When you don't know who these people are, and you've ju- you're, I've seen some highlights on YouTube. I've I've seen uh, Ferguson versus Pettis. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll actually watch one live to see what it's like. Until something happens, you I don't quite know the technical nuances. I don't know the strategies. I don't know their personalities. I don't know what they normally do in the cage, and it's like. If you don't have that base level of understanding in new, in a new sport, boxing, MMA, whatever, it's kind of hard to relate to these people and, and understand the stakes of things. So if you do a big trailer like this, like I know Tyson and Usyk aren't getting in the ring in pirate costume and they're going to have a swashbuckling contest, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do know it, it. this is a big deal. There's a lot of money in this trailer. This is insane visuals that I'm looking at. It's got to be, it's treating, it's reinforcing it. It's saying, this is coming up, guys. Don't forget. Well, yeah, Even though why it's not just have fun? Out. Why but not yeah, have fun? It's yeah. having fun, but telling your audience, this is a big deal. This is the two baddest outlaws that have never fought. They keep crossing paths, but now finally, well, they're not actually, but now finally they're going to clash. They don't have to do it. But they should. But it would be fun if they it goes. Could. It just goes back full circle to what you were talking about in the early days, the spike days, regardless of whether it was new or not. It was a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And that's what we aren't sometimes seeing, uh, which is why there are a lot of people who would be like, oh, the UFC needs to promote fighters more. But it's the, it's more like they need to promote the right fighters. And they could spend more time doing those trailers. They definitely can't promote someone who we don't care about, which yeah. we've discussed. If you aren't putting on performances, if you aren't doing some kind of something to get people interesting then they could throw money at you nothing's going to happen but there are fighters we care about and it is right we don't really get what we want we want cool epic trailers and and sit downs and we don't get that but why are we hearing things like cody garbrandt versus davison figueredo is the first fight of ufc 300 below people like bo nickel two former champions who were you know some of the greatest in the division at one point Figueredo being the hardest hitting and possibly best champion since DJ. No, this is a great point to bring up. Okay, so Why? tell me what you remember them promoting about Bo Nickel. Tell me any promotion you remember the UFC doing for him. And how popular is um, he? Fighting on a contender series twice, was I, I think, was a great move. The thing is, the, the point that I'm getting at there is you care about Bo Nickel because the people do. The people are what rose him up. He's the highest rated guy probably since O'Malley first debuted on the Contender Series. Like, I, I'm pretty sure the UFC has outright come out and saying, uh, said that. It's an insane amount of hype that you just can't fake. And it's also the shit that he's saying when he goes on podcasts and he says, and he says, Chemayev, man, put me in there with him and it'll be yeah. over in a, in a I mean, heartbeat. he's promoting himself he's promoting massively. Himself. Yeah, exactly. If there's nothing there, it's Demetrius Johnson saying, I don't want to fight TJ Dillashaw. But no offense, Shorty Torres sounds like a great fight who nobody knew. Ray Borg sounds like a good fight. Well, that, nobody knew them. That's the thing about Demetrius Johnson, right? How hard did they fucking work to get Demetrius Johnson over? You know, how fucking hard did they go? Did they were pushing him to be like, this guy is the best ever. And then they just traded him for an old Ben Askren because they were like, 
we can't we can't make this work yeah they made a, a reality tv show about him that yeah. was a series of champions they put that on free tv they used to put him on the headliner for fox cards they would put him underneath john jones as the co-main event they did everything they could to make that guy more popular and at the end of the day the person who demetrius johnson is now yeah. would have been a dream for them back then because now he does speak his mind He's more popular than ever on his own streams because he's actually trying. And he's gone on interviews with the MMA Hour and Ariel Wani saying, I wish I would have talked like this when I was champion because it was all just like, yeah, whatever. Do you know what they could have done, though? They could have made him a cartoon mouse. Why aren't you working for the UFC? <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah. Um, obviously, I wasn't around for the whole Cody era, uh, but I was obviously for Davison. And obviously, I'm very familiar with those guys. Whereas, whereas uh, someone like Bo Nickel, I know he's good. I can see he's good from his performances. But it's the way that he gets put in above these guys and he has like five fights, which is fine. If you are a talent, you deserve to be there. However, he's fighting Cody Brundage and it's like... But again, you know, this comes but, back to the idea I, I, I of want, the promotion. What, they I didn't be, do anything to make you care about Bo Nickel. They did nothing. Well, I don't care about Bo Nickel, is, is my point, is, is I don't. You do? No, I don't. You're talking no, about him. No, I don't care. I'm talking about him because it bothers me that he's in this spot. I don't care about him in the way that I... I want to see Bo Nickel put in there with the top guy. Yeah, but uh, now. at the end... But that's what I would care about. That's what I'd be excited about. I think I'm at a level of fandom where I'm, I'm kind of like, I understand... Oh, what am I trying to say? The, the, but you the, understand the, the, why. Yeah, and, and also, let's not forget as well that he's the new kid on the block and Cody Garbrandt and F Davidson Figueredo are... Send him off to the fucking glue factory, mate. They've made the UFC <laughs> their money already. They have. Do you really see a world where Cody Garbrandt comes back and becomes the fucking bantamweight champion? Oh, but it's a hell no, of an exciting fight. But Bo Nickel, he's a new shiny yeah, fucking toy the in, the, in, in, in the shop. I want the Cody Garbrandt... Uh, I want the, the um, Bo Nickel fucking toy. I don't want I just old stick him, in, stick him in there against the, against the guy. Give him the challenge. It doesn't really matter because everyone's going to buy UFC 300 anyway and it doesn't really yeah. matter what order it's those the perfect spot for Bo Nickel I think to become a, a massive fight. star as well and that's what they're hoping for as well I think in terms of like what how are they marketing him they're putting him in the fucking best spot that they could put him you in gotta, to make him a bigger star yeah that happens all the time that's why I said like if they promote in the wrong direction people hate them he talks so confidently and he's clearly very very good so it's like, not fucking wasting time and giving Cody Brundage bullshit he's got give loads him, of time give him, give him all the ranked. time in the world why no. rush him give him some rank you've just seen your favourite fighter get slow balled to the perfect yeah, spot exactly. and now you want to rush this no. guy yeah no, that really. is so no. true dude but, yeah. yeah, it may be true it literally that's is like the true the first no. time it's ever happened <laughs> can, I, can I explain myself I also don't care throw Sean in there with mm -hmm. someone who was his level yeah I'd, I'm I, like I'd, but maybe that's what they thought his level was at that point as well true yeah potentially they, they don't know it's, it's a difficult place to be in as a promoter isn't it to be like man we could throw him in early and if he just gets fucking knocked out he's cold. Darren Till and yeah if you're Darren Till it's like oh man we, we wasted so much time building this guy up and he was going to be this great regional star and then you know he could have survived the Woodley loss honestly mm. he could have but after he got sparked by Masvidal like Oh, it's hard to oh he's lost against a champion now he's been sparked by a fucking journeyman as well like in front of the home crowd in the main event it's just like it's hard to come back from that and the UFC is so, forthright about that they've admitted yeah. that they pushed him too soon that yeah. does happen guys do you feel like you've been getting ripped off you've been watching these podcasts and you don't feel like you're getting the full experience well you can now for just $2.99 but also we've just lowered the price drastically 
for our Hall of Fame levers. Lever. Oh, you're so nearly there. $7.99. That is down from $14.99, almost a 50% cut. You get all the same features. You get mentioned in all the videos at the beginning and the end. And you also get a special live stream with us. So if you want to see our writing process, suggest some ideas, you can do it all.